Is your business stuck in one spot struggling to grow? Our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator at winninggym.com slash grow has your back. Sign up now for easy wins, no more struggle, just straight growth. You've got this. Now let's head on back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right, welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. My name is Randy Ingston, and I'm going to be your host for today's episode. Before diving into today's lesson, just one little piece of housekeeping. We did just announce that next month, uh, January 14th and 15th, we're going to host our first client lifecycle automation workshop of the year. If you're interested in getting a seat in that workshop, head over to winninggym.com slash workshop. And you can lock in your spot right there. So today's episode, obviously, Tim, I'm not joined by Tim as usual. Kicked him out for the month. Now, Tim is taking some time. He's headed up north and is going to just kind of reset and realign and and come out uh, ready to win in 2021. But while he's gone, in his absence, I want to take the time and make the most of this. So over the next few episodes, uh, I'm I'm likely going to have a couple of guests hopefully. But either way, I want to teach some lessons. I want to teach us some things that we can work on as individuals, not just in our businesses. One of my roles here at Profit is I take our gym owners that are working with us as part of our private client coaching program, and I get to work on them in their mindset and their performance as an individual, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, but ultimately with the intention of trying to be more, trying to get more out of life. As I've expressed time and time again on this podcast, I'm a massive believer in growth versus decay. I don't believe that anything in life is linear. And so when you have the opportunity to work towards a goal, to to progress, uh, take it. In today's episode, I want to talk about a topic uh, that I've taught some of our clients. I actually had the opportunity to teach a little bit of this on a good friend of ours, uh, Bo, on his podcast uh, probably a month, maybe two months ago. But I want to teach you guys the idea of habit stacking. Now, working with business owners and working with entrepreneurs across the board, there's always the commonality that time is of the essence. You know, how often do we wish that we had more time in a day or you know, how I wish that we could accomplish more with the time that we're given. And really, that's where your performance comes into play. Your mindset is imperative. And if you want to accomplish more, given the fact that all of us only have 24 hours in the day to accomplish our goals. So habit stacking is a very, very useful tool that I've learned from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And uh, I wanted to pass this along to you, at least uh, basically the 40,000 foot view. I uh, highly suggest that book if you haven't read that yet. But ultimately, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce the idea of habit stacking, create uh, or give you some, some ideas and explain it a little bit in depth for you so that you can utilize this in your day-to-day life. 
again, we can't change how the, the amount of time that we have in a day. So instead of wishing for that, how about we find ways of making ourselves and our time more useful? Now, habit stacking is something that taps into the phenomenon known as synaptic pruning. Synaptic pruning is the phenomenon that takes place when the neural connections in your brain prune away different connections that are, are less useful in our day-to-day -day lives, things that aren't done on a frequent basis. And on the other end of the spectrum, it's going to solidify and strengthen some of the habits and some of the things that we repeat on a daily basis. This is our way, our brain's way of learning the things and implementing the things into our uh, subconscious that we really want to be effective at. You know, think of a piano player. The more time you spend tickling those ivories, the more those neuro, the more stimulation those neuro synapses have. And with repetition and time, the strengthening of that makes you a better musician, a better piano player. Now, if there are other areas of life where you're not spending as much time and attention, you're not repeating those activities or those habits, neuro, or excuse me, synaptic pruning will take place and your brain literally starts to remove some of those neuro connections so that it can focus on the areas that are more impactful, more important. One of those things or a lot of those situations tend to become habits. With that being said, we need to learn, we need to understand what a habit is. We need to understand a little bit on how habits affect us both positively and negatively in order to more effectively utilize habits as a, a tool, if you may. So I've got some notes here. So if I'm, if I'm going back and forth, understand, I'm just trying to keep focused so that I can deliver this information to you the best that I can and so that you can pick up and run with it in a, in a relatively uh, quick manner. But uh, strong habits come when there's strong synapses. So for example, if you wake up in the morning and right off the bat, you go and you make coffee and that is your, the first thing that you do every day, it's likely because those neurosynapses that have taken place, that repetition has been there. Your, your habit has been formed and it's, perpet it's perpetually being strengthened by the neural connections in your, in your mind. Now, you can actually take advantage of this process when it comes to learning new habits. If we want to accomplish more in the same period of time, let's make our time more effective. Let's create more habits. Let's put more of the thoughts of the things that we know we need to be accomplishing into our subconscious where it's it just becomes repetition rather than us having to stop and consciously make each and every one of those decisions. Habits are formed when repetition occurs. When forming a habit, there's a, a formula that was actually created by a gentleman named BJ Fogg in his Tiny Habits program. And the way that that formula was, is articulated is at, before or after insert current habit, I will blank, in, insert new habit. And the reason that this is effective when creating a new habit is because habits themselves can be broken up into four areas. Those four areas are the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. So when we take 
place or when, when uh, a habit is taking place in our day-to-day -day lives, when uh, you don't have to think about something, you just do it, it's because these four things are taking place. Let's say, for example, you, you wanted to go get a donut, all right? The reward is the satisfaction of eating that donut, right? That endorphin rush of the sugar, the feel-good emotions that you have at that, that, at that given time. But at the beginning of that, a cue takes place. Something happens that's going to initiate the desire for that reward. And that's your cue. So let's say you smell donuts, right? Going down the street, and that bakery's got some nice fresh donuts made that morning. You smell them. Instantly, that cue is triggered because you want that, that reward at the end of the day. Now, after the cue, the craving sets in. Now, I know it, it makes a lot of sense when we're talking about donuts, right? You're craving that donut. You're, uh, the craving is the motivational force that's driving you towards that reward. But you can, you can understand that, that that takes place in all sorts of habits. Uh, brushing your teeth in the morning. What is the reward for brushing your teeth? It's not the activity of doing it. It's the, the feeling of having fresh breath, right? Knowing that your teeth are clean. That, again, that emotional response, that reward, that, that dopamine rush. That is the reward. The craving is the desire for that. The third step in, in a habit or the third phase is the response. And that's the actual activity that's being done in order to elicit that reward. So the physical action of brushing your teeth, the physical act of eating that donut is the response. So a cue sets in, we're triggered, you know, for that reward. The craving takes place. We want that, that motivational force sets in. We have a desire for it. The response happens. We actually physically take place in that habit uh, or that action. And then the reward, right? We're validated for the, the few things that we just received. Now, every time that you receive that reward, we're autom our bodies automatically, our brains automatically catalog the activities that took place prior to receiving that reward. And that's where, that's where these, these different phases, these different triggers or, or steps, stages to a habit uh, came to light. Hey, are you a gym owner whose business is in full swing, pulling in at least steady 30K or more per month, and now you're ready to ask yourself, what is next? Well, the Iron Circle is ready to show you that path forward. As a part of our exclusive community, you'll be surrounded by like-minded, success-driven gym owners just like you who are taking their businesses to the next level. Visit our website, ironcircle.net, to apply to be a part of the next Iron Circle group and let us turn your successful gym into a thriving fitness legacy. All right, let's get back to the show. And so uh, the cue is, is triggering it, driving that craving, and then the physical action takes place and you receive that reward. So how does this, how can we take what we know about a habit being formed and take this over to actually creating a new habit around uh, an existing habit. Now, the reason that I love this tool, if you may, or this, this I want to call it a habit, this activity is because this is a great way to stack and compile certain activities that we do on a daily basis that we might not enjoy 
or we might not need to consciously be aware of every single step uh, of the process, right? As you're developing new habits, there's always the counterintuitive worry that, is this going to turn me into a robot? Or is this taking me away from from free thought or, or free thinking? And ultimately, I think that it actually does the opposite. I think that it creates more freedom, more time delegated or available for creativity, for the activities that you want to be spending your time on. And it's, it's almost like, you know, Tim and I talk about automation all the time. This is a great way to automate your daily habits and put a lot of the tasks, meaning, you know, um, significant, uh, insignificant tasks, if you may, things that you don't want to consciously be thinking about all day to move those things off of your plate, create a habit, make sure that they're getting done because they have to regardless, but you don't have to worry about it all day. You're going to knock these things out one by one by one in a condensed period, excuse me, a con yeah, a condensed period of time and allows you then to focus on the bigger uh, tasks at hand. So for example, how to, when you have something that is a habit, so let, like I used earlier, when you get out of bed, and the first thing that you do is you pour your cup of coffee, okay? The pouring of the cup of coffee is going to be the, uh, the response. That's the action that you're actually receiving. The drinking of the coffee, the feeling of having that coffee is the reward. Well, at the end of that habit is the reward. So when you're rewarded with something, you're, you feel good. Your body likes being there. So the idea of habit stacking is taking a cue for something that you want to accomplish for, for that new habit and associating it with or parlaying it off of the reward of an existing habit. If you looked at your morning routine and you had something that you emphatically every single day got up and did, let's say shower, for example. First thing you do, you get out of bed, walk to the bathroom, you jump in a shower, you feel good when you get out, you're clean, you're dried off. That feeling of being clean is the reward. Now, immediately after that, what if you wanted to, to maybe you, you hated flossing, but you knew the importance of it and you wanted to make flossing part of your daily habit. What you can do is you can stack flossing on the back end of getting out of the shower. So when you receive that reward from the shower, immediately step into the flossing your teeth. Again, the formula is before or after this current habit, showering, I will floss my teeth. Really, really simple to understand. Now, the power of habit stacking comes into play when it's not just one and two items. It's stacking things back to back to back or stringing them along so that you have a cue to, to reward followed up with an immediate cue to reward, followed up with a cue to reward, and so forth. So let's say your morning, your morning is now, I get, after I pour my cup of coffee, I'm go going to meditate for five minutes. Maybe you want to make meditation. Obviously, I'm a big proponent for it. You've heard me talk about it. It's part of my daily morning. This is exactly how I got to be where I am today with my morning routine is by stacking these things on top of each other. So as you pour your morning cup of coffee, immediately start your morning meditation. 
Now, that's one habit that you've added to your to to a current habit that's already eliciting that strong neurosynapse. Now, let's parlay that success. Let's continue through this. Let's say that number two in your, in your morning uh, routine is nailing your to-do list. So I'll just take you through front to back, maybe a couple of these, and you can see how stringing along one habit after another's reward will elicit that feeling of moving from one task to another to another successfully, streamlessly. But ultimately, you're going to start to notice how much time you have available because you're pushing a lot of these things that we drag our feet to. We've got resistance around. We either don't like, but we know we need to do. There's a million different reasons why this is effective, but ultimately it's about allowing you to perform more on a day-to-day basis. So for example, let's say your morning routine is, I pour my cup of coffee and then I meditate for for five minutes. After I meditate for five minutes, then I go and I write my to-do list. Once I finish my to-do list, then I'm going to immediately start on the first task. Beautiful, right? Now we've not only done some of the things that we, we typically do, like pouring our, our morning cup of coffee, but we've layered in other activities that we need to accomplish or we desire to accomplish on a day-to-day basis. Instead of having to get up and, and, and worry about what array of tasks uh, we have in front of us, what things we need to accomplish, we can do this in our businesses, we can do this in our, our day-to-day lives. There's a million different ways and applications for stacking habits. Now, there's some importance on finding the right triggers. You you can't just kind of take guesswork. You have to be confident that you've got some pretty solidified, some solid neurosynapses if you're going to pair a a cue to follow it, if you're going to expect something else to take place immediately afterwards. So if you were to write out your mornings or write out your day-to-day, look for activities that yield a high reward. Look for the activities that you might not be aware that you're doing. Actually, probably more often than not, you don't because these are habits. Habits become done in the subconscious. And so when you can put these things into the subconscious, you're not always aware that you're doing them on a daily basis. You don't have to think about brushing your teeth before you leave your house. You don't think about showering after you get up in the morning. You know, you don't think about putting on deodorant. I wear contacts, putting my contacts in, right? These are habits that take place. So once you can start to realize these triggers that are, are leading to these rewards, that's where the power truly comes into play and you can more effectively stack uh, different habits on top of each other. Let's see. All in, the, the biggest thing is that the reward is the end goal of the habit. Rewards do two things for us. They satisfy us and they teach us. Habits are both positive and negative. So we have habits that are taking place in our, in our lives when the reward is actually not something that we desire. Think about things in your life. When, when, if you do something over and over and you're getting a response or a reward that you don't want, chances are that you're not going back and doing that thing more than you know once or a couple of times. So you can start to eliminate bad habits by becoming more aware of the rewards, in this case, a negative response to some of the cues or some of the responses, the actions that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. 
So uh, understand, you can lean in towards adding habits towards your plate, accomplishing more, but you can also use this to eliminate some of the things that you don't want to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis, some of the things that you don't want to be working on or spending your time consciously focused on. So that's my lesson for you today. Uh, like I said, I want you to be able to take some of these habits, or excuse me, some of these lessons, implement them in your day-to-day -day ba uh, lives, use this information to, to increase your performance as an entrepreneur, as a gym owner, as a, as a boss, as a individual. Life, in my opinion, is something that we should be, we should absolutely perpetually be obsessed with growth. If it's out there and we can, we can go and achieve it and we can work towards these goals, why aren't we doing things like this? Why aren't we looking into these types of ideas or, or I always say, I want to go back to habits, right? But why aren't we utilizing some of this stuff that we have available to make ourselves more effective? It's not always about the marketing in your business. It's not always about, you know, rewriting the sales scripts or becoming more effective as a leader. What about turning inward, having a little bit of, you know, internal dialogue and finding areas that we as individuals can improve? So I hope you can take today's lessons, le lesson, learn from it, implement it in your day-to-day -day life. If you have any questions, as always, reach out to us. Uh, shoot us an email, reach out on uh, social media. You can find me at Mindset and Muscle on Instagram. Guys, we're here to help. This is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. So over the next month here, I hope to bring you guys a couple more very impactful lessons that I've been able to, to implement in my own life, that I've been able to pass along to my clients that I care about, and ultimately you know, pass along your way so that you too can benefit from them. But uh, I hope you have a great day. And we'll see you on Thursday. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies seven-figure gym owners used to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.